Good morning, Nick P. Coach Nick P. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks. Happy Friday. Yeah, it's it's a Friday, and uh, everybody always uses the expression, you know, Happy Friday. You know, it's it's great to have Friday, and you know, in my line of work, it's yeah. If I don't have to work on Saturday, it's great to have a Friday. You know, um, is, is this weekend a big weekend? Not uh, well. Yes and no. So we've got tomorrow. Um, we've got a water polo tournament, which we've been running for oh god 20 plus years now 25 years um and it was started by the let's see so we've had one two three so the the year before i started here uh the water polo coach who was also one of the aquatics directors he started it um and then something that a lot of people don't know um, I coached water polo my first year here at Gilman hmm. um, and continued that tradition. And so, yeah, so back to the main subject is, yes, we have a big tournament tomorrow for water polo. So, so we'll have a yeah, lot of I people. I saw it's like eight to seven or something. Yeah, yeah we'll have a lot of people. It's all three levels. You know, we'll have uh, fresh, saw, or sorry, middle school, uh, JV, and varsity games going, you know, all day long. So um, the only thing that stinks in a way for water polo is we only have one pool, so we can only have one game at a time. Oh, right. Yeah. So, um, but it's, it's a great event. And, um, for years it's, it's been great turnout, good teams. You know, we get, we get teams from up and down the East coast. Um, it's really, really awesome. Nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. So happy Friday, even though you've got a big day tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, how's the year going for you? What's, what's been keeping you busy in the, yeah. in the training room? Well, in the in in the well, so we're or changing the name to uh, life. we're going with sports medicine office these days, right? Okay, trying to kind of kind of bring things a little bit more into modern times, right? The old the old training room was uh, <laughs> it, it it's a, it was a great name at the time, but I'm trying to bring things a little forward. Um, so because you know the thing about that name is it's kind of a misnomer, and and we yes we train guys, but really we're there doing sports medicine. So, yeah. Um, and trainers are sometimes in the weight room. Yeah, right? So that's the other big misconception, right? You have personal trainers, right? And you have athletic trainers. Um, and people, when they use that term interchangeably, they get mixed up, you know, and for years, even still today, you know, when you meet somebody in first time and, hey, you know, what do you do? I'm gonna, oh, so, you know, what about this exercise or, you know, do you teach them how to lift? And No, no, no. No, no, not that. I, mean, I do if I have to, but no, that's that's not what I'm doing. Right, right. Um, I uh, I work in medicine, but so yeah, over there it's been uh, it's been a good good season so far. Knock on wood. Um, we uh, we've had some up and downs, right, for all the teams. You know, um, th- there's been um, only uh, one incident so far, again, knock on wood, of, of someone being out for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for the most part, everybody's been healthy within, you know, a couple of weeks. A um, couple of guys, you know, might have taken a uh, couple more weeks to get healthy after an injury. But uh, but things are going well. Yeah, yeah, I think things are going really well. We're, uh, we're what? Five weeks left, I think, for the fall season, I think, uh, before, you know, the first weekend of November, which is the last of all fall events. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's one of those things where it seems so long, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, right, you're, you're done. 
Um, well, well, the summer start is tough. Like I think about some of these football coaches and soccer coaches, and I don't know. Those are just the ones that I see out there in the in like August, yeah. and that's that's a grind. It's a long grind. Yeah, I mean, when we start, you know, our our start this year was August seventh, um, and so you know this second Monday technically of August, and so it can make for a really long you know season. Ironically enough, though, when we look at it, right, August. September, October, and the first weekend in November is still potentially not as long as the winter season, mm-hmm. right? The winter season is, is uh, longer potentially because, um, just by a little bit, but the other thing that happens with the winter season is we have the winter break, right? So there's that time off. It's kind of like a downtime. Some sports have a little more going on. Some have less. So, um, so yeah, fall, fall can be difficult. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we got, you know, five weeks left and things are, things are going pretty well. Yeah. Now, do you get time off in the winter? Do you get to, you know, do you get a week off or are you still grinding in? Uh, for the most part, yeah, we're, we're grinding, you know, our, our building doesn't close. Yeah. Right. Our, our building does not close almost ever. Um, we close for the major holidays, you know, we will be closed on Christmas day. We'll be closed on Thanksgiving day. Um, you know, those kind of things. Um, you know, we, we were closed, obviously, for uh, Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah. But, um, yeah, we don't, we don't shut down very often. Um, so over the winter break, you know, the two, you know, 17 days or whatever it is, we'll have either basketball games, wrestling. We have a wrestling tournament, um, you know, and so we have practices. Everything still kind of goes on as much as the um, varsity coaches want it to go on. So we'll, yeah, we don't, my break comes maybe in the summertime, really. Yeah. yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't get much of a break during the school year. Yeah. So when everybody else is like, ah, great, have a great, you know. Yeah. See you break. later. It's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we'll, we'll be here if you want to come find us. You know, you, you know where to find us. You hold it down. Yeah. So. so you're also teaching a class, and I know you've taught this class. What is the title? Uh, Intro to Sports Medicine. Intro to Sports Medicine. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about what this class is like and what you talk about in there. Sure. Thanks. Um, so my, my mentor and predecessor, uh, Lori Bristow, a great friend of mine, she started it years ago. Um, and she'd done it for at least a decade. And then as she got into a little bit more administration, she couldn't time-wise, she just couldn't do it anymore. And with my class schedule, I was teaching more lower school PE at the time. So I couldn't necessarily pick it up either. Um, so it was, it was out of circulation for probably, I'd say probably eight years, seven years. Um, and then about five years ago, six years ago, I really just, I, I was moving a little bit out of the lower school PE realm, doing less, less classes there. Um, and I just thought it was a perfect opportunity for me to get it going again. Because in the office, you know, the boys, we talk about that stuff all the time. Um, and there are some who are actually, you know, interested in the knowledge. So I thought, well, why not? Let's do it. So, um, year one, I had five, five seniors. Um, it's a senior elective. Um, and I did it only as a second semester class. And after year one, um, I had some interest in some, the girls wanted to take it. So I opened it up after year one to the girls as well. Um, and Ever since then, I, I capped it at 12 students, but ever since then, I've had 12 students, you know, every, every year. Um, 
And this year, I actually went to making it a full year course mm -hmm. because the last couple of years, students have said, you should really make it a full, full year because what they found was the information that I give them, I have to condense everything. Um, and there's so much we can talk about that we don't get into. And so I took their advice and made it a full year course because it gives us more time to just discuss things. You know, a perfect example is yesterday for class, um, each student had to research an energy drink or a sports drink and ingredients, things about it. And then we just spent, and that was not off topic because we're in nutrition discussing it now, but I had never done that before. So now was, we spent the entire class just basically going through sports drinks and energy drinks. Um, mm. And that was fun because you learn a lot and the kids learn a lot about those sort of things. Um, and I'm learning from them every day. Like there, there's things that we talk about that I, I, I love also reviewing because in my line of work, while I do a lot of things every day, I don't always go back through the knowledge that I learned, you know, 25 years ago. Right. Um, so it's, it's a great, it's a great course. Um, and it's, like I said, senior elective. I've got three girls from Bryn Mawr, three girls uh, from Roland Park, and then I've got, uh, this year, I have five boys because one of the boys, um, I guess I, I don't know if I scared him away or what, day zero, he was in class, and then, and then he's gone. after that, he was gone. Hmm. So, uh, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's great, and, and um, so, I love doing it. So is it students who want to do sports medicine, or is it like a broad, like is it a health class? Like what are you, fo are you learning anatomy of the human body? What is the focus of it? Sure. Um, so there are some students in it. I'd say about 50% of the students do are looking at a medical degree of some sort going on. Um, some are looking at sports medicine. Some are looking at general medicine. Some are not sure what medicine, but they want to go on to medicine. Um, I've had some years I've had, you know, more athletes who just want to learn about what's been happening to them and, and what's, you know, what, what injuries they've had and the things that have happened to them. Um, but yes, we cover all topics. It's primarily focused on sports medicine, but I will say that we get into, uh, a broad range of topics. That's the things that, that's the thing about sports medicine. Um, I don't want to even hint that it's it's like gen med right what we'd say but at the same time we do cover a broad range of topics um and that's the thing about sports medicine where you have to be able to in my role for instance you have to be able to know a lot of things you have to be able to pivot um so we have to know right what maybe like skin diseases look like right as well as whether or not someone's got a fractured bone as well as whether or not someone has a cold right is a running a fever and those sort of things. So we're, we're all across the board. And so that's what I try to teach the kids. So yes, we're right now the, I tell the kids the first few chapters suck because we're talking about things like insurance. It's just gen general knowledge that I want them to have about the medical industry. Right? Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, and then now we're starting to get into what I like to call the, you know, the nuts and bolts of it, right? We're talking about nutrition now and then, yes, I have chapters uh, that I use a book for that have every joint and section of the body that will go over. Um, and I used to have to cut some of that out because having only a semester class, I had to leave out portions of the body that now I can put back in into education. So, yeah, we'll talk about 
from head to toe, everything. And then we'll talk about all the injuries that can happen and, and the potential for things and things that they look out for. Plus, we'll talk about things like the environment. So I have a section on an environmental conditions. So, and that's one of those, it's great depending on, it used to be, it was tough because it used to be that when I had that chapter, it was at a time of year when the environment wasn't a big deal. It was like ah, mid-spring and it's kind of nice out. There's really nothing to worry about. We're not having thunderstorms yet. The cold weather is gone, that sort of thing. But now what I'm able to do is throw that into the winter part of this class, which is when I'm going to go over it. And we can talk about what the cold weather does to things, right? And then I can come back when it starts to warm up and we can, you know, talk about the, the warm weather part of it. So um, I've got a lot more options. But, yeah, it's, it's, I would say sports medicine is the primary thing. But at the same time, um, when you say sports medicine, there's a lot of topics that fall under that. Yeah, it's pretty cool that you yeah. can kind of pick and choose and talk about what you think is most important for yeah. them. Yeah, it's great. So I, I just had Chase in my leadership and character class, and we had Keenan Olkusteiner in there talking to them about college, his experience, leadership, leaders he's been around. I just let the students ask questions. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about, because I think seniors in high school need this knowledge, and I don't know if you teach this in your class, but dealing with alcohol, like when they go to freshman year of college, alcohol is everywhere, you know, you you're not allowed to technically, but we know what goes on in college campuses. You're going to be drinking a lot, you know, probably, yeah. most likely. Do you guys talk about that in your class? And, like, what's the message for seniors in, in regard to alcohol? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, when we get to – I do kind of dip into that subject a little bit um, because we talk about things outside of nutrition that – can affect your body, right? That you ingest or put into your body, drugs, right? Alcohol. So we do have an area where I discuss that and I get into that with them. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a good topic. I haven't been able to spend as much time on it as, like I said, as I've wanted. Mm -hmm. And this year I'm going to be able to spend a little more time with them, assuming, right? They can buy into the conversation, right? That's the thing. Um, and I think most days, I'm able to get them, you know, to buy into what we're discussing and have conversation about it versus me just lecturing. I, I look, nobody wants to sit there and listen to me talk, right? So, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where I try to talk and then get, you know, them to talk with me. So that's one of those where I think from year to year, depending on the senior class um, and who's in my class, it can be a very productive conversation. Um, and we can, we can deep dive on it. And then there are some years where some of the guys just girls, they talk very little about that sort of subject. Mm -hmm. Um, the guys are the ones that I'm getting most of that feedback from, but yeah, there's years where they don't want anything to do with it. Um, so, but I think it's such an important topic before you go to college because, you know, I don't know how much we talk about. It. I know that we have wellness, like, we, we have meetings with our wellness teachers here, and mm -hmm. the, you, we have classes like ours that offer this. But I think as seniors in high school, it's very important because when you go to college, you're just on your own. You can do whatever you want, and you've never maybe had that freedom before. And if you're not careful, like, if you don't know your limits, you could do something really dumb. Like, I know people – I was telling my class this. There were seniors who were committed to Harvard – 
on the like lacrosse commits. Yeah. And when I was there, they came for the official visit. They had an overnight visit, and they had too much to drink. And they went to the pizza shop at late night pizza yeah. to get a bite. And they said something stupid in line, and someone heard them say it. They complained to the school, and they were just crossed off the list. It's tough. And it's like that's a life-changing decision yeah. because you just drank too much. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think um, we do – I think Gilman does a pretty good job. We could always do better. There's no subject that we can't say, you know, hey, no, we're the best at this, you know, or, or we can't do better because we can do better for sure. Um, you know, I know for the seniors, juniors, they do um, – Basically, there are nights where they have every class, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, seniors, they come for certain subjects, right? And they, they have those students and parents come for certain subjects that the school has presenters, speakers, right, that come. And one of those subjects is drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that it, it, the hard part is, is... Um, teenage boys, it's, you, you get a mix of totally all out on it or in, you know, the other in, in the spectrum, all in on it. And the problem we run up against is if you can't draw them into that conversation, it, it doesn't matter what you say, right? Yeah. You can show them all the graphics in the world and all the things, and you can tell them all the things that you know and what you've been through and all these things. It doesn't matter. If they're not drawn into the conversation and they don't care, they're done. It's, it's like another thing that we battle a little bit that's more and more now, um, which is single sport right specialization, right? So getting off the topic of alcohol, going into that same realm, right a, a few years ago, we, we tried to have some conversations where um, one of our, our uh, local physicians, who's also our team physician, Dr. Terry McCambridge, she came and gave a talk with uh, Armand Tagzade, Dr. Tag, and they came and spoke about sports specialization. We invited any upper school and, and including middle school parents that wanted to come. Um, and of all of those few hundred students, if we had 50, you know, really? 75, that was a lot. Um, and the problem is, is, when you're trying to get to the people who need to hear the message, you either have to force them to listen, which then forces them to fight against you, or if you give them the option, sometimes they don't want to hear the message, and so it makes it just as hard. So I know we do, we do a decent job of, yes, talking about alcohol, and I know um, – so we have a new uh, person who is – been here with us now for this is a full year year and a half now um it's bessie oster mm -hmm. she's doing a phenomenal job i think of of reworking um and and integrating and bringing everything together as far as our health education mm -hmm. so I, I think she's going to do a fantastic job I, I have a feeling that she's going to um really bring that a little bit more in the forefront yeah um and i do think that yeah when it comes to the drugs and alcohol we can do a better job, um, but it's just a matter of trying to figure out that path. Like, yeah. how do we get there? Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. So sports specialization is interesting because I'm sure you have a unique viewpoint on all of that because you see all the injuries from overuse. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. I mean, 
you know, again, you know, my friend, mentor, predecessor, Lloyd Bristow and I, we started railing on it years ago. Um, and it goes against everything, not everything. I don't want to say everything. That's a big word. It goes <laughs> against a lot of what Gilman preaches, right? Gilman has always preached the, the multi-sport athlete. And I don't even want to say three-sport athlete. Let's just say multi-sport. Um, and that's the way Gilman has built its model of athletics. And the, the problem we're getting into in this world is we're the outlier, right? There's less and less of the Gilmans of the world when it comes to that sort of a student athlete. Um, and there were not many schools that did it to begin with, but now there's less and less. And so what we're battling is kids that say, well, I can, I can go to Calvert Hall and all I got to do is play lacrosse there or, you know, soccer, or I can go to St. Joe and all I got to do is football. Why, why should I come to Gilman? And, and then I have to think about three seasons of, of athletics, you know, and, and I might have to play another sport. So we're battling that part of the mentality. Um, and we're trying to educate the kids still to say, look, you can – do one sport, and that could be your primary focus. Yes, absolutely. But in order to really become a better athlete and elevate your, your athletic status, you need to do another sport. Um, because as we've seen, and you just, you know, you, you mentioned, we see more and more kids every year who, because they're doing soccer all year round, lacrosse all year round, baseball all year round, basketball all year round, they are developing these injuries that come from just doing the same thing. Stress over fractures. Over. Yep. Stress yeah. fractures. That and, and even soft tissue stuff. Um, so we, we struggle with that with the boys, and it's tough. Um, and, and I try to educate. Well, and, and Kristen Brown, who's right in the office with me now, um, we try to educate the boys. But the problem comes from when the same kid comes in three and four times because all he's doing is basketball workouts or baseball workouts, and we talk to them all those times and nothing's changing, we have a hard time continuing to push, you know, for it because we're trying, but they're not listening at all. And all they want us to do is fix what's wrong with them. They don't want us to try to talk to them about why they shouldn't be doing their sport all year round. Right. Well, I think maybe the broader issue is that there's so much focus on if you play a sport getting to the next level right that's like that's like the main goal for a lot of our students and it was you know I think for me when I was in high school yeah I wanted to play at the next level that's kind of all you're thinking about at a prep school is next level so there's so much focus on doing all you can just to get to college to play a sport but but there's not enough I don't think perspective on you play a sport in college for four years. That's it. Like that, and that's all the time. It's like a full time job. You never stop. Talk about overuse, yeah. right? You're just doing the same thing for four years straight, um, and then you graduate. Then you've got to do something else. So I think like a larger conversation on the overuse and single sport stuff is like this idea of the Renaissance man at Gilman is, you know, there aren't as many. I would say guys who are just into like a lot of different things at the same time. There aren't there aren't as many of those as maybe they were back in the day. I would I would assume because there's so much pressure just to do one thing because that one thing can get you into a good college. Yeah, yeah. We I was actually just talking with a couple of seniors about that the other day. Um, 
because it's I I I don't want to say that it's something you should do, but if you got to your senior year and you know you decided to not do a three do three sports, I I could understand that, right? I get it, right? Um, you know, you've been working your butt off. You're going to college for some sport. You want to focus on that sport. Maybe do you know take a season off, so to speak. I get that. Um, it's the the younger kids, right? The freshmen, you know, and the sophomores. And yeah, I know everybody. We we use the the phrase the golden ticket, right? Everybody's looking for the golden ticket, right? Like like Willy Wonka's right chocolate factory. Everybody's looking for that to go, and they think that the more number of hours they're spending, right, doing that single focus on that sport man, that's going to pay off. I'm going to get to this sport, to this college. And what happens is I've had conversations also with seniors and they say, well, it's just helping me to get into a better college, mm-hmm. right? I, I like the sport, but it's getting me to this, le- this college or that college. And if I didn't have lacrosse or baseball, or I wouldn't be able to go to this college. And the thing that I, I like to try to then, right, push back on is, well, how much time did you spend more academically then, right? Did you put as much time academically in as you did in your athletics? Because I, I can tell you right now, most of the guys here who have high-level academics get into the most of the schools that they want to go to. Um, so I, I try to talk about that with them. By then, it's, you know, a, a moot point for them because they've already made it, right? They've made the decision, they're going on. But with the freshmen, I try to talk about how, you know, we're seeing kids, and, and we were just having a conversation the other day, Dr. Terry McCambridge and I, again, there's some physicians out there that are finally starting to um, get disgruntled, let's just say, because they're seeing so many issues now more and more in their office of 13-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-old kids who are laid up for four and five weeks because all they did was lacrosse. All they yeah. did was basketball. All they did was baseball. So that's starting actually the, – the, the medical community has always been behind, you know, a, a multi-sport athlete. But I think now some of our orthopedic physicians are starting to really get um, upset, even though, right, as you know, injured people help pay their bills. They don't want to see the kids injured in the ways that they're getting injured. So it makes right. it difficult. Um, and, yeah, the mentality is tough, you know, with that and talking to the kids because I've always looked at it from a trickle-down method, you know, effect where you have college coaches that are saying to the public, yeah, we want a multi-sport athlete. But then I know those, some of those same college coaches are going to the kids, well, well are you playing baseball all year round? Or are you, you know – so it's, it, it's talking out of both sides of their mouth sometimes. So college coaches – yeah, they love a multi-sport athlete if they're really good at all different sports and can play the one sport they need at their school. Yeah. Like, they don't care. They just want the best people to come, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. Like, let's not pretend that, you know, of course, yeah, multiple sports helps you, but at the end of the day, it's like, I want the best players on my team. Yeah. That's, that's what they Cause, want. Because no matter what they say, look, <laughs> the NCAA is a business, all right? College is not maybe a business, depending on your perspective, but the NCAA, in my opinion, is a business, right? The NCAA is not out there, in my opinion, right, to um, really look out for the athlete as much as some people think. Um, and, and college coaches need to win to keep their job. So if you play tennis all year round and you don't play other sports but you're really good at tennis – 
Like, I want you on my team. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it, it's funny. We were, we were having a conversation at lunch yesterday, and um, and, and one of the coaches uh, was talking about, he said something to uh, to one of the winter sport athletes. He's a senior now, and he's going on um, to, to do Division One, And he said, you know, what other sports have you done in your, you know, four years at Gilman? And he said, you know, Coach, funny thing is I haven't done really many, but I'm really good at this one sport. So, and it was kind of a, yeah, okay, you're right. But at the same time, still would be good for you to do some other sports. Yeah. Um, now, knock on wood, luckily that, that young man's been healthy for most of his time here at Gilman um, doing that one sport. So it's been good. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's, it's frustrating when – you know, the kids talk about the college coaches for several of the sports. Sadly, it is. It's it's a lot of your spring sports. You know, you've got your baseball all year round. You've got your lacrosse all year round. You've got now basketball in the winter all year round. And then you've got soccer, in, in, you know, all year round. Those are your primary sports that are going all year round. And the problem with those sports is they do the same repetitive motion and activity all year round, and nothing really changes about it. And I think – that's the other aspect of what we need to look at is if you're going to do this all year round, we don't want you to, but if you are, you really need to be working with someone who is changing what you're doing on a regular basis so that you're not doing the same things that cause you harm. Right. And I, th- and I think, you know, we don't have to belabor this conversation, but like the mental burnout is, is one thing. You're doing the same thing all year round. But, you know, like when I was in college, we had a couple of years where we did this thing called pressure triangles every day. Yeah. So you've got a V cut in and then pop out and you're just constantly cutting in lacrosse, yeah. you know. And I just I'm thinking more long term about my life. Like I look at my dad who played lacrosse in college and yeah. think, you know, he's his ankles are all screwed up. He's strained his ankle so many times. He's limping around and it's because of all the same movements that you do. And I'm, you know, I do yoga all the time now because I'm worried, like, yeah. am I going to need a hip replacement from all the cutting I've done and the knee replacement? And right. Just long term, it's kind of scary if you're yeah. just doing the same thing your whole life yeah. and starting at age five or whatever right. for club lacrosse or yeah. whatever the sport is. Well, and that's one thing, you know, we, in, in, in my house, you know, I, I have a, a daughter who's, you know, senior at Salisbury now, right, who went to Roland Park uh, Country School. And Chase, who's a senior here, and our motto going through their athletics was when you get to middle school, you are doing three different sports. So, and you're not doing any club until you get to a certain point, uh, maybe in the upper, you know, seventh, eighth grade, middle school, maybe even a freshman. Um, And uh, I'll never forget when Mackenzie started as a sixth grader at Roland Park. She had done soccer all of her life to that point, um, and she enjoyed it. And it was it was good, um, but we actually forced her because so many girls were going out for middle school soccer. We told her, "You're not allowed to. You have to go do field hockey." Mm-hmm. She hated us more than you can possibly imagine. Right, sixth grade girl. Ah, it's tough, but um, I think. Ultimately, in the long run, she appreciated that we did that for her because she made some good friends on the team. She enjoyed a lot of time there. Um, but I think with soccer, I don't think she might have enjoyed it as much because she had been playing it since she was five years old. Yeah. Um, but then we also made her do, you know, winter and spring sports, which she had never really done. She had, she had done lacrosse 
in the spring a little bit, you know, but we made her do winter and spring stuff. Um, and then Chase was the same way. It was, hey, look, you're going to do three sports. Once you get to that certain point, maybe junior year or senior year, and you want to knock a sport off, okay, we're okay with that because I didn't really think, you know, either one of uh, my two would want to play sports in college. I wasn't entirely sure, but at the same time, um, as they got to be sophomores, it was a, yeah, you know, I like sports and I love playing them, but at the same time, I'm not worried about that in college. I'm worried about just going to college. Yeah. Um, and so um, it was that was a little easier for us. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the burnout is just it's tough. I mean, it, it's so difficult. And we don't see many kids quitting who are good at the sport uh, in the upper school, but you can tell based on some of the times that they're in our office – with injuries that we're, we're unsure of that. Okay. Is this a mental situation, right? Psychological mm-hmm. stress, or is this really physical, physiological? And so that's where sometimes it can get difficult. And we see, I'd say there might be about 25% that we see throughout the year of that kind of a situation. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting conversation because I don't know if there's a quick fix to it, but nah. you know, it yeah. just it's just the world. It's yeah. the world of sports right now. He's tough. So, Coach P, let's yeah. get to your book rec sure. here. Yeah. What would you bring in for us? So it's it's interesting. Um so a few years ago, um, we had an author who came to Gilman and, and spoke. Uh, I think it was open to everybody. Uh pretty sure the Parents Association, but also I think it was open to everyone. I, because of my schedule, wasn't able to make it. Um, for one reason or another, we had something going on that I couldn't get over there. Um, but I was very interested in it. Um, and I think they even allowed, you know, if you signed up to come, you know, you got the book or whatever. So I didn't get there. Um, and then, um, about a year or two ago, uh, up in the athletics offices, the administrative offices, um, our, uh, our, our new and current, uh, associate athletics director, I was, you know, in there talking to him in his, in his office, and I saw this book sitting on his, you know, coffee table. And I said, hmm. I said, Are, have you read that? Can, you know, can I borrow that? Um, and, and so, God love him, he said, yeah, go ahead, you know, take it. It was great. And it's the kind of book that, to me, was very eye-opening. Um, but the title is Cast, The Origins of Our Discontents. Um, it up to the Isabella Wilkerson. Here. Okay, great. What's it about? So, Ms. Wilkerson, actually, she's, she's written several books. Um, but what she did was she did a good amount of, or good amount, a lot of research. And what she looked into is basically, it's more than a class system in our country. And she used the word caste because she went around the world and she's gone to uh, speaking engagements, uh, been, you know, a, a person who's been to them as a listener as well. She's an educator. She's, she's done a lot of different things. And she actually, one of the primary things she compared um, our country with and the way our caste or class system works is she referenced um, the country of India. Where, and, and forgive me if, if I'm misspeaking about this, um, I do that a lot, 
but um, there is a caste system, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's centered. It might be centered around Buddhism. Forgive me again, but where, based on where you were born into the socioeconomic part of your country of living, is set up by your previous life, so a reincarnation sort of. Okay, and so based on how you you know were in your previous life, has decided how you're going to be reincarnated in what form of life you're going to be and what socioeconomic you know status you're going to be in. So um, again, if if I'm a little off on this, I apologize. But I believe the way it goes is if you're in the higher castes, right? You 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 let a good life as a good person. You were a wholesome person, right? Um, and so, you know, you were born into a higher, better situation of living. If you were not such a good person, you were born into a lower level of caste system, lower socioeconomic level. And there are, you know, several different levels. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to try to say any of the names and butcher them, but, um, it was amazing how she compared and contrasted, you know, this, and this is actually not something new. Um, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King went over there years ago, right? Obviously when he was still alive and visited and it was, uh, based on, on what I read in here, it was an amazing visit because, um, they, the people over there in India didn't understand that, right, um, African-Americans, black people here in the country were considered at the time even more so, right, the, the lowest, right, caste, if you will, right? And so when he went over there, he was um, trying to educate them about how some of their lowest, you know, their lowest members of their community are what it's like to be an African-American in this country. Mm. Um, now, she went on to say uh, and speak about her research and, and various other scholars who have researched before her and using their their research and education to, to help make her points. Um, but to go on to say that just because uh, you were born of a certain skin color, right, um, hopefully does not mean that you are born into a specific socioeconomic status. But looking at statistics, it's, it's pretty relevant that based on your skin color, a lot of times you're born into a certain you know, socioeconomic situation status. Um, and so she made uh, an analogy to the caste system in India and that's where I believe she got her title from, what she was saying. And it was, it was just eye-opening to me with some of the things that she was speaking about that have happened in our country and, and that I, I didn't know about because um, I, I've lived here in Baltimore most of my life. I went to school for college in South Carolina. Um, and, and then after I graduated, moved back to Baltimore. I visited some places, but all I can do is, is read, right, and watch the news. And so... Um, it's it's interesting how um, how persons of color are treated in different places around this country, and even still today, um, all throughout the country. So I think what 
I loved about this book is how I learned that we as a country still have a long way to go, which I'm sure so many people you know, have said before and are still saying and know and realize. Um, but even still, I think there are things from this book that if more people read it, it would be um, educational. Awesome. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, I'd, I'd love to check it out. I didn't know that this author visited Gilman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't – forgive me for, for getting what year, um, but I believe I, – I thought it was pre-pandemic. Okay. Um, and um, I, could, I could look it up, but at the same time, um, yeah, it was, it was great that we were able to get her to come. Now, forgive me again if she didn't visit and maybe was on Zoom – I, oh. I don't know, right? <laughs> Forgive me. Counts but, as a visit. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. So, but she did speak, you know, yeah. to, to the school. So, yeah. Well, if nothing else, I'd love to read a little bit more about Martin Luther King and how Gandhi influenced him for my leadership class that I'm teaching because, you know, those are two. And I, I find it interesting how leaders look to other, you know, leaders who came before them or who are living at the same time and incorporate some of their values and just outlooks on life. So I think that would be a cool chapter if that's in this yeah, book. It is, yeah, yeah. It's she references it. Yeah, yeah, she references several different times. And there, there's not one specific chapter about it. She references it several different times throughout the book um, in various chapters. Okay. Yeah, it's great. Cool. Well, thank you for the rec. Yeah, and, sure. um Great. Thanks for, the, for coming in today. Absolutely. This was great. Um, you know, it's funny. I was just, not to, you know, um, take away from you, but I was just talking with my coworker, Kristen, Coach KB. I was like, you know what? We got to do a podcast. <laughs> I, said, I said, her and I love the banner back and forth. You know, I was like, it's one of those things where I don't know who would want to listen to us, but, you know, I, I would love to, you know, get get on and just sit down and talk and banner and, um have conversation and then bring on guests. And I think, I think what you do is, is awesome. It's great. You You know, I think it's really cool. And and it's something that, um, I've been, you know, more and more interested in. And it's the kind of thing that I I love. It's, I do that though. It's the kind of guy I'm like, I I love this. I want to do it. And then I just can't find the time to do something. And I'm like, (laughs) all right, forget it. It's like one of the things we were talking about with the kids, the seniors, I told them, um, for about four years now, I've been building a list. I would like to start a first semester or second semester senior elective called Life Skills. Yeah. And, you know, I've, in, I've got about eight or nine different topics that the kids have, have brought up, um, anywhere from doing laundry to, you know, changing a flat tire, you know, um, to, you know, uh, retirement stuff to bank accounts, you know. So... I, I'm I'm trying to build that, and that's um, you and same you and Cesare should teach that class. That'd that would be awesome. Both yeah, absolutely. I love. I don't care who. I, you know, I'd join there. Yeah, it'd be it'd be <laughs> great. You know. So there are some things that I've talked about. I'm like, yeah, but then figuring out the laundry might be like, yeah, we can't go to my house to go to my laundry room to do laundry. So we gotta figure some of the there's some of the logistics are tough, right? Hey man, so. I, I have your uh, I've got your old dryer. It's working out great. Yeah, yeah. good, awesome. It shrunk some of my clothes. Ah, uh, like, yeah, it did that to us too, man. It's the dryer. It wasn't us. It was the dryer. <laughs> well, thank you, Coach P, for coming in. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Cesare. You're welcome. Thank you, Cesare. Thanks, Jake. All right. <laughs>